Hello everybody, welcome to the Tuesday Toolbox meeting of adult children of alcoholics in Cowbell Hill, Brooklyn. My name is Anne, I'm a Tuesday Toolbox member and an adult child. We're recording our speakers every week because we're hoping others will benefit from hearing these stories from our members. We'd love to hear your comments and questions. Our email address is TuesdayToolboxACA at gmail.com. Also, please take a moment to rate our podcast on whatever platform you're using to listen. It will help others find the show. Adult Children of Alcoholics is a 12-step program of recovery for people who grew up in an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. If you'd like to find a meeting to attend, go to adultchildren.org and click on Meetings. This week, we're hearing from Riley, who spoke about hitting bottom and their recovery. Please enjoy. Five minutes and one minute. Thank you. Um, hello, I'm Riley. I'm an adult child. Hi. I feel really nervous right now, um, but I also know there's not anything to be afraid of with this group because I'm surrounded by other adult children and there's not a right way to do this or a wrong way to do this <laughs> unless I just like bash the ACA program for my whole talk, which is not my plan. <laughs> um, so yeah, first of all, I'm really grateful that I was asked to do this. Initially, like, my imposter syndrome was like, I don't know enough to do this. No, 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 Choose someone else. But um, I'm happy I was asked, honestly. So before I start, I want to open it with the ACA Serenity Prayer for anyone who wants to join. God, God, grant me the serenity to accept the people I cannot change, the courage to change the one I can, and the wisdom to know that one is me. So, I'll just give some background first before I get into the, the tool that I chose. And I'll say I came from another 12-step group, um, and I'm coming up on five years clean on the 30th of December, so that's like a big milestone that's it's right on the horizon, and um, so I got, I got clean when I was 18, and I had a sponsor, I, I still have this sponsor, her name is Jenna, and she is an ACA, and she also is in this other program. And she would like bring me to ACA meetings every now and then, and I would like leave with my head on fire, pretty much. I was terrified of this program to my core, and I had no intention of really ever coming into this program. I was like, that's for you, Jenna, not for me. Um, I didn't think I needed it. And I'll say like, like I, I can recognize, could recognize early on in my recovery, like the, the rich wisdom of ACA, but it's just, it really hits home. Like you really have to be ready to come in here. Um, so I'll read what, what I chose. And my tool is hitting bottom, which is like the realest tool I have ever had in any, in any recovery program. Uh, so I'm reading from, the Hitting an ACA Bottom chapter on page 68. 
says, all ACA bottoms have one thing in common, self-abandonment. While our actions can harm others, we ultimately harm ourselves by running from ourselves. We give up on ourselves. We can believe we are not worth saving. Most bottoms are emotionally painful unless the adult child is dissociating from reality. The pain varies due to our ability to switch over to another soothing compulsion. The level of pain that adult children can tolerate without admitting they have hit a bottom is astonishing. Being adult children, we have learned to endure colossal amounts of abuse and aloneness that only we understand. Even long-term members in recovery have suffered with emotional pain seemingly unable to find relief in ACA. They have held on with sheer grit and forced prayers. We have also have members who suffer in silence with psychic numbing, believing they are unable to feel anything. Whether we are numb or in emotional anguish, we pay an enormous price unless we become willing to move into action. If we have suffered long, we are usually hanging on to some secret or fear that blocks us from working the program. We usually know what that thing is. If we pray and remain still, we will know what to do. We are not alone anymore. Um, so I grew up in a dysfunctional family as many of us here probably did. Um, my, my dad drank for the first 13 years of my life um, and he found recovery when I turned 13. Um, he just celebrated his 10 years sober this past summer. And we moved around a lot growing up so I learned at an early age that like developing relationships with people, they would just be taken from me. I learned that like I couldn't really put down roots. I had to, you know, get to know people really quick and desperately and then forget them right when I left because it, it was really hard just to like fall in love with people and have them go. Um, and my mother was the person who worked in the family and she provided for us. So she was a codependent. She also, she, she was a workaholic. Um, and like now she's, she's retired, but she still is a workaholic. <laughs> She'll find like everything to keep her busy. But um, how that affected me, because this isn't about them, but it's like I grew up with two parents who just weren't there on a regular basis. And I didn't really realize how much this affected me until recently, um, until until recently, and I'll, I'll, I'll say what brought me into the program, I'll explain my bottom, but I think at an early age I just learned, I became very depressed at an early age actually, like I, I felt like there wasn't much to look forward to in life, and I lived with a lot of like fear and depression and anxiety, and um, eventually I like found drugs to numb those feelings, and it's like in the book they say we became addicted to fear and excitement. Like even before I picked up these substances that are very like, I can clearly see this is a mark of unmanageability. You know, before that, there were a lot of ways that I was just trying to survive. Um, so my family of origin is like, We've gotten a lot better because two of us, three of us are now in recovery. Four of us total, I think, actually. But um, 
growing up, it was like my siblings were, couldn't even be there for themselves. So we were all just like in our coping mechanisms. And since I've gotten to ACA, I realized like those things that I did that kept me alive as much shame as I initially feel when I like acknowledge them and feel that feeling of I had to do this, I had to lie, cheat, steal, I had to I had to use drugs for X amount of years, I had to go spiritually bankrupt just just to like keep going on a daily basis. And that's like a fifteen year old. Like that's heartbreaking that anyone would have to do that because they just aren't supported, aren't given the tools. But ultimately it's like I did the best I could with what I had. And that's one of the tools that ACA has taught me is like, I couldn't have turned out any other way. Like this is the, this is the best version of myself that could have existed from that environment. Um, and I just want to talk about my bottom because it's been like a year full of hitting bottoms. <laughs> um, I moved to New York and had about like, four years clean, I'm going to school here, and I got here, and, um, and my sister attempted suicide, and then um, my response to that was to, like, start smoking cigarettes and pick up a codependent attachment, and I didn't even realize I was doing it. Actually, before I did any of those things, I started isolating, and I think... It's, it's not like um, those things, I could have prevented those things. Like, I think I had the lid on the pot up until that point, and then it all got too much with moving, and then it just, like, the pot sort of boiled over. And I was here, and I was just, like, trying to cope in any way that I could. And what ended up happening is, like, when I put down the cigarettes and that codependent relationship, eventually fell apart and I was abandoned, I was left with this like massive hole in my life and I couldn't tell what it was. And um, that was like early this summer and I talk about that because like that moment of like breaking apart is what got me to ACA. Like when I, when that person walked away from me I felt like I was like this vase falling to the floor and just cracking. And ultimately, it wasn't about that person at all. It was like I had put all, I just had all these things to keep myself safe. And when that person walked away, I was like, what am I going to do? And so I came to ACA. Um, and that was on, five minutes, thank you. That was on June 20th. Um, and I, I just didn't know what else to do, so I like went to meetings on Zoom at the time because there there weren't any really in person. And I just went to Zoom meetings, and I would spend like two hours of every single day in an ACA Zoom meeting. And um, I realized after a while, like what I was feeling after like a couple weeks, the feeling I was having was like the abandonment of my childhood, and it was just like that wound was open and I didn't have anything to put on top of it because I, at the time I was looking for work, so I didn't have a job. You know, I wasn't in a romantic relationship. I was here in a city where I was still making new, new friendships, so I couldn't like fill it with a bunch of social activities. And I'd put down the cigarettes and I wasn't drinking or 
for smoking dope. And so like this, this gaping hole, I could feel it. And it's, I don't know how to describe it because I feel like most ACAs know exactly what that, that feeling is. And um, during that time, like I would just go to ACA meetings and feel my feelings and call my sponsor and cry a lot and just cry because I was like feeling that, that grief and that pain of childhood and, mourn and remembering and mourning the loss of all these things I had lost and just like grieving this over the course of several weeks. Um, and it was really intense. And I feel like I saw my inner child and every single time before that, like I had been to therapy, I'd, I thought I had like met my inner child before and we were on great terms and I could like really just like throw the word inner child into a, into a conversation to make myself look like a healing guru. But when I like ultimately saw my inner child for the hurt person they really are, I was disgusted. I was like, this is the grossest thing I've ever seen, which is like so hard to admit that, that I was so like turned off by this vital part of myself. But it's like that, the, the child that isn't given the care and love is like a child that isn't given a bath and is hungry and angry and like, you know, we don't wanna hang out with that child, but they need love, you know? Um, so I guess I just like kept going because when I felt that pain, it felt like it described like every, every fear that I tried to understand in my recovery program before that. You know, when I made a list of all my character defects in like step six, and I tried to find, a, you know, where do they all go to? And I didn't have an answer until I came to ACA. And it's like, oh, it went back to my childhood. Oh, it went back to that, that time, those times when I was abandoned. It's not because I'm a bad person. And every single time before that, I just be like, well, it's just because I'm an addict. You know, I, I woke up an asshole, so. <laughs> but like, <laughs> turns out it's not my fault. Um, so I, I just kept going and got people's numbers. It was kind of scary. Called some people and started working my first step. And um, I'll say where I'm at now, it's like, it's really scary because I feel like I'm not, I'm on my second step, so I haven't yet really like fully surrendered to the program through the third step, but I've started since I'm starting to come to believe. And it's really scary because I have like functioned from this place of fear for a really long time, for years. I mean, and to, to put that aside like a day at a time and say today I'm going to like pray and meditate and sit instead of sit in fear and worry and just like anger. Today I'm going to be present with the people I love. Today I'm going to be present with myself. Today I'm gonna to do nothing at all and that'll be perfectly fine. And I, I don't feel like I know it yet. I don't feel like I'm in any place of like having any superiority in this program at all. I'm, I'm <laughs> learning it all, but like it, I, I'm really grateful to have the rooms because I'm, I'm scared, but it's not the type of fear that I had when I, that I had before I came to ACA. Um, it's the fear that like I need to lean into and it's like, I'm safe today.
So yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.